course, and this is going to be a good word this morning, uh, uh, and, and I hope that it speaks to you. Now, we've, we've had, so we, like I said, this is week three, so we've had two weeks. Who can remember the first week? What was the first week about? It was a number of weeks ago, but can you remember the first week? There's no such thing as a perfect church. Hallelujah. There is. Brilliant, brilliant. There, yeah, it was talking about dreaming of a perfect church. Well, there isn't one um, because it's full of imperfect people. Uh, so, so you'll never get that. And if you somehow found that perfect church, then, then there's something weird going on because we're not quite there yet. Um, and so that was week one. What was week two? What did I talk about in week two? Week two. Have a little, little thing. See, isn't that interesting that you've forgotten week two? Because, because well, it's okay, Alan. It's, I'm, not, I'm not putting it all on you. All right, because week two was about the cross. And remember, I suggested, I, I suggested that actually as, as Pentecostal, evangelical, kind of charismatic Christians, we sometimes put the cross to one side and, 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 and kind of forget, so it's, get, forget that it's there other than it may be Easter uh, and things like that. So it's interesting you forgot that. <laughs> so there we are. Um, so go back and check that out. So week two, it was all about the cross. Okay, so I bet you're wondering this week, where's he going to go now? So we've got two more weeks left this week and next. And uh, this week, um, well, the clue's in the name. It's uncomfortable. And, and believe it or not, that people in local churches, just like this one, uh, we, we can have people in it that, that just rub us up the wrong way. Oh dear. Oh dear. We, we might find that to each one of us, there are some Christian, Christian brothers and sisters who we find a little bit awkward. You're thinking, oh, is it me? <laughs> and not me. I hope it's not me. But you're thinking, is it me? Uncomfortable? You might even find, oh dear, you might even find somebody a little bit obnoxious. Oh dear. There may be the kind of person amongst us that you just don't click with. Okay. You might try to avoid the hugger. <laughs> you know the one. <laughs> They're going to hug you at the start of every sentence. It's probably me. <laughs> I quite like a good hug. So you got the hugger. Um, by the way, it's good to do side hugs. You can always tell those who don't like the hugs because they, they turn it into a side hug, don't they? Side hug. Um, you might be one of those theological know-it-alls who can't help you but tell you where that, might, where that scripture might be or that relevance might be or what that word means. Again, that might be me. Um, but there might be that kind of person in, in, the, in the church. You might struggle to connect with the, uh, the flaky cancer at the last minute person. Oh, I struggle with those people. The flaky, cancel it at the last minute people. Or, or the person who never commits to anything at all. Oh, 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 oh. oh my goodness. Oh, you're having a little thing though, aren't you? Can, look at the furrowed brows. This is amazing. Am I one of those people, is what you might be thinking. Oh, I'm just saying, what I'm trying to get at is, is that... Uh, because of these way that some of these people are wired, and there, there are other examples I'm sure you can, you can think about, it's just that it frustrates you and winds you up. We're people, aren't we? Yeah. We're people, and we have, we have weird and wonderful things going on and going in. And, uh, but here's the truth of the church. Here's the truth of the church, capital C. Okay, There are different kinds of amazing people in it. Different kinds of amazing people in it. But we simply aren't all destined to get on with everyone. I hope this is relieving some burden off you. We're not 
destined to get on with everyone or, or for them to become my next BFF. Let me know what BFF stands for. Who doesn't know? Best friend forever. Oh, I love you. You're my best friend forever. We're not destined to all be BFFs. Okay. We're not destined. The body of Christ is made up of people from people of all different backgrounds. Okay. Uh, uh, all different walks of life. We're, we're different temperaments. We're different priorities. You haven't got the same priorities as me. Oh, what's, what does that mean? Why not? Why don't you believe what I believe? Why don't you have the same political bent as I have? Why don't you have the same theological things that I have? We're Christians. <laughs> I'm upset. Stop being upset. It doesn't matter. The, the, the thing is, it, the honesty of it is, it can make it, it can make living in community difficult sometimes, can't it? So, okay, Alan, it's really hard, isn't it, living in, in community? You guys, you're all cool. You've got it sorted, apparently. Um, it's difficult. It can be difficult. So this week, what we're going to dig into is what it means to be part of the local church. And, and how can we commit more deeply to, to the community of believers that God has put us with, even if we don't see eye to eye on everything? All right, we're going to, we're going to address that. Let's read, um, let's read some scripture, make this... Um, Make this legal. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 12. Can we turn, please, to 1 Corinthians 12? I'm going to get you to open your Bibles, open your Bible app. It's, it's a good, good thing to get into to learn where things are in Scripture. Sarah was extolling all those amazing uh, uh, resources that we've got available to us as 21st century Christians. But, you know, sometimes it's good just to know where things are in the Bible. Fantastic. So 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read from verse 12 to verse 14. All right, you might actually even have it in your notes. Okay, so you might even want to fill in the blanks in the notes. All right, and I've, I, this is from the uh, Passion Translation. So I'm reading this from the Passion Translation, of which there are several copies over there. Only 20 pounds. All right, they're normally 25. But they are excellent value for money, as well as those other incredible books that might be on the book table. So at the end of the service, go check out the book table. All right, okay. So 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 14. Are you ready? This is cool. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all immersed and mingled. I love that. We're immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. These love that, that word mingled. We're, we're mingling as, as, the, as the body of Christ. We're the minglers. <laughs> I'm a mingler. Can we say that? I'm a ming- say I'm a mingler. Doesn't that sound weird now? Say that word over and over again and you'll think you're saying something a bit weird. Okay. We're all minglers. Well, listen. Uh, <laughs> so Paul wrote, a guy called Paul in Scripture wrote this, this, this bit of Scripture here. And he uses the metaphor of the body to describe the church in the Corinthians passage, in that Corinthians passage. Now, um, as we should all be aware, as we've all got one to look at, 
We, we, we've, all, we've all got a body. You all, you all got a body? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. A few people haven't got a body. Um, amazing. Uh, we've all got bodies. And you should have at some point looked at your body. Some of us like to look at it as less than we used to do. Um, but, but we've nevertheless we've still got one. And we can feel it, can't we? We've all got what? We've got, we've got toes. We've got to, we've got to, I'm wiggling my hands. And we've got toes. It's because my next word is fingers. And I'm going ahead of myself. We've got toes. And we've got, we've got fingers, we, we've got arms, and we've got legs, and we've got head, haven't we? Have we, have we all got those things? Yes, excellent, we've all got those things. Um, and, and each part, would you agree, has a unique purpose? Yeah, we can't breathe through our fingers, can we? No, that's only for aliens on Star Trek. Okay, we can't breathe through our fingers, um, so, um, and, we, and we can't smell through our eyes. Okay, I'm not going to get into that medical condition where people see colours and smell colours and all that kind of stuff. Synesthesia. Thesia. That's the word. Okay, I'm not getting into that. Um, <laughs> each part has a unique purpose, doesn't it? So each part belongs to the body, but without that part, the body, as, as we see the standard average human being, okay, the, the, the majority, the way that we see it, it's no longer whole without those parts. Yeah? And in fact, if, if sometimes when people uh, are disabled, they may have a limb missing or whatever, they, they, we, we, we make things to replace that limb, don't we? So that they can kind of fit in with, with, with what's going on in the world. Well, listen, so it is with the church, isn't it? Um, even as Christians, it's, it's easy to, to, to look at and, and view the church purely through the lens of a Sunday, a Sunday gathering. Uh, we, we see the worship team uh, and we, we see the preacher. And we might assume wrongly, I think, we might assume wrongly that they're the most important people in the church. Okay, musicians, you're not the most important people in the church. I'm sorry to, to say that, and, 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 and neither am I. Uh, okay, um, Dan's pretty important at the back. He's, he's pretty cool, is Dan? Um, he's good, he's good. What's that? Freshman's team are pretty, pretty important, they're pretty awesome. Okay, all right, okay, yeah. You, what's that? Stewards, stewards are amazingly important, uh, and in fact, they, they are the most. Forget my my preach; they're the most important person in the church, and you would be a fool not to want to join that amazing group of people. Okay, you'd be an absolute fool. So get yourself self sorted. Um, but here, here, my point is: everyone, everyone, no matter what you do, no matter what it is, plays a crucial role in the body of Christ. That, that, that means that's everybody, that's all of us. Uh, and, and we also have a role, obviously, beyond the Sunday gathering. Okay, again, that's, that's important to, to say. As believers, we all have the same Holy Spirit within us. And as we spend time with him, what happens? Well, well he, he motivates us. He moves us. He guides us. He challenges us. But he, he encourages us. But what he does not do, this is what the Spirit does not do, is make us all look and sound the same. He doesn't do that. Remember that in verse 13 it says, no matter our status, whether we be, whether we're Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we're all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. And I, I love the fact that this morning went that way. It's, it's, it's about being in the presence and drinking in the presence. There are lots of metaphors you can use to, for that. Our different talents and, and our gifts 
that we all have, you all have a gifts and talents of, of different, different things. It's, it's what makes the church colourful. It's what makes the church exciting and, and not in any way bland or boring. All right? You do not make the church bland or boring. You make the church exciting and colourful. And I tell you, that's my experience uh, of church since, since the early noughties when I became a Christian, that the church, uh, particularly, uh, obviously, in the way that we do it, and, and people might find the way that you do church in, in different situations also exciting, but in a different way. Yeah? Let me give you a quote from a guy called Brett McCracken, and he's the, the chap who uh, has wrote a book, Cold and Comfortable, which I'm basing this, this series on. He says this, The biblical image of the people of God is that we are stones being built together into a dwelling place. A dwelling place requires not one big stone. If you've ever tried to walk into a stone, you ever ever tried walking into a stone? Big stone? No. Well, it's impossible. You just hurt your head. Okay, it's not, but it's actually many pieces of stone interlocked, fortified together. And it's not that the stones lose their individuality or their unique textures or shapes. The image is not one of identical bricks or prefab concrete blocks. It's just that only together do individual stones achieve the structural purpose of becoming the household of God. Together, our unique shapes complement each other and create a more structurally sound building. It's good, isn't it? A question that we should ask when we're thinking about our, our local our church communities, isn't this, we, should, we shouldn't ask this question. Does this community hit all my checkboxes, my preferences, and my desires? Are there people who look like me and act like me? Shouldn't be a question you should be asking of the local church and go back to week one. You're dreaming of a perfect church which doesn't exist if you're looking for that. Instead, our question should be this. Is, is this a place that I can faithfully serve the community and be a committed part of this body despite our differences? That's a better question to ask. A local church should be a place where we actively look for differences. That's that's an unusual one, because generally when 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 you want to join a club, you generally want to join a club with the same interests, same kind of things going on, same focus and what have you. But, that's what, but we're not a club. As Gary so well put a number of weeks, a few weeks ago now, it's not a club that we're a part of. We're a part of the body of Christ. And it's not about finding people who look like me, but finding people who are committed to, to the community and beyond. And actually, there is a focus, but the focus is Jesus. And despite the differences I may find... Is that what we're going for? Is that what we're running for? A local church, like I say, is a place where we look for differences, where we look for others who sharpen us. We look for others who help us grow in, in wisdom and spiritual maturity. And, uh, but here's, a, you know, here's the thing. We, we generally grow through testing times. We, 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 don't, we don't really grow when things are going well. We, we grow when challenges are put to us. Generally, I'm not suggesting all the time, but generally it's, when, it's really when we're going through challenges, when, when we have to uh, discover solutions, when we have to work our way through, when we have to find out how we connect and how we work with people who don't, don't think or agree with us. It's those times that help us, I would argue, help us mature more and grow more than when things are going great. 
Um, it's, it's, like, it's like muscles in our body, okay? Obviously, you're looking at me and you're going, what great guns he's got. Oh, he could have at least said yes at least once and pretended, you know? Mike, can you, Mike, you do that. Do that, mate. Do that. Go on, look, look, look at that. Look at those guns on Mike. All right? But like muscles in our bodies, they're only strengthened. You only build those muscles up when you exercise them. When, 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 when you work at them. And quite often when you're working at building up muscles, it can be quite a painful experience, can't it? Quite a painful experience, Mike's rubbing his shoulder, all right? Before we, we push on and come through that and, and, and we develop. And then we've got another thing we have to push on and push through and develop. And if we don't work at building muscle, this is what happens. At, at the best, we stay the same. Uh, at worst, if we don't move much or make any effort, they just waste away. If we don't do something, they waste away. And, and I think, you know, the analogy works so well when we're talking about the church because it's in, it's in, it's in times of committing to one another through, through connecting and through serving, and through, through going on Excel men's conferences, that, that we, we, we really develop and we really grow. And we've developed in so many different areas. That there might be activities that you, you do and ways of thinking where you, it's obvious you excel more than others. Okay? It's obvious. But, but if we avoid building up more of that metaphorical muscle in more than one place, then, you know, just because we're committed to people who think and act differently, who challenge us to, to look at things another way, maybe. And because of this, we find that, that that muscle mass, rather than being built up in one place, what we excel and what we're good at, that muscle mass, because of the people that we're a part of, help us spread the exercise, as it were. It's, it's much more even. That muscle mass is much more evenly distributed through your body. Um, and, 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 and that way we don't end up with like a massive right leg. <laughs> really good at kicking a ball, but not much else. Okay, we, we don't end up with a, with a stupidly big right arm, metaphorically speaking. Okay, we need everybody to help us move and shape and shift all aspects of our, of our personality and who we are. And that comes within being committed to part of a local church. Let's look again at verse 13, and maybe I want to suggest maybe there's another way we can, we can read it. Let's try this. I'll put this together, all right? For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, regardless of background, nationality, social status, political belief, or any other arbitrary dividing lines that don't really matter that much in the kingdom of God. Let's say that again. For we are all baptized by one spirit, as to form one body regardless of background, nationality, social status, political belief, or any of the arbitrary dividing lines that don't really matter in the kingdom of God. The reality is that living in community with people, especially people who are different from ourselves, it's really hard. It can be really hard. There are disagreements, aren't they? There are uncomfortable moments. There are awkward silences. And there are plenty of frustrations. 
And at times, at times, it, it's just so tempting to leave. It can be just so tempting to leave, to leave all that frustration behind, all that, that, that um, disagreement behind. And, and actually, it's, we, we desire and we see some grass that's potentially greener over there that is much more like the grass that we like to play on. But it's at those moments, it's at those moments where we have to be brave, where we have to be courageous in our love, our grace, and our forgiveness towards one another as we are empowered by the same Holy Spirit. Now, if you find yourself, if you find yourself in an abusive situation, it, it is probably absolutely right and, and, and wise to set boundaries and potentially leave. And I suppose you could put that in any other environment as well, not just the church environment. But generally speaking, generally speaking, when it comes to the daily challenges and discomfort, the Bible doesn't give us an option to opt out. Doesn't, doesn't give us an... I don't read that really in Scripture. Doesn't give us an option to, to opt out. Now, in a friend's sermon I listened to recently, and some of you might have listened to it because I posted the link on our Facebook group, um, he asked this question. Have you... I won't do an American accent because he's American, but I won't do it. No, I won't do it. Have you, <laughs> have, you, have you ever experienced a bad meal or had food poisoning of, of some description? Yeah. And because of that bad experience, do you go, well, I'm never eating again? Never eating there again, man. But have you ever said, right, I'm not eating any more food. It's clearly bad. It's clearly poisoned. Ever again, no more food. I'm not going to eat food. No, you don't do that, do you? You, you, don't, you don't do that. Have you, have you ever fallen over and hurt yourself? Anybody ever fallen over and hurt themselves? Again, you guys have fallen over. These guys over here, they've never done anything. So, so for these guys, let me explain. It really hurts when you fall over. Um, you tend to kind of get scars like this one here. So do you say then, do you say at that point, well, I'm never going to move again. If I don't move, I will never get hurt. And you're going to stay in bed and not move. Did you do those who have fallen over? Don't you guys? Have you, ever, you know, like when you fell. You, no, you move. You move. You move, don't you? You get up again. Of course you don't, like, do those things. So why is it? Why is it when it gets a bit tough in the local church, are some of us so quick to jump ship and look for something else? Another church or another style of church that, in quotes, best suits us. The church, capital C, the church is God's primary mover and shaker in the earth. I believe that. Okay? And he needs us to work together for the good of the kingdom and for the enabling of spreading of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Advancing the kingdom, telling people about Jesus. Okay? Everything else comes under that. Social, good social works, anything that we do, it's first and foremost, let's make sure people's eternal salvation is sorted. 
Because it's no good making them feel comfortable here when they're heading for somewhere that might not be so good. Let's get that sorted first. And actually, if you start to sort that and they have a relationship with Jesus, remember when we took our tithes and offerings, God is good and he is a provider and he's a good, good father. Things might start to change when people first and foremost begin a relationship with Jesus. Let's, let's think about that. We have the best enabler of unity and community. And what's he called? He's called the Holy Spirit. And it's through him and the fruit that he gives us that we're, we're, we're able to overcome the challenges that people present. He, he gives us the ability to love the unlovable. Share joy with those who are sad. Bring peace to, 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 to volatile situations uh, or, or even emotions. Teach patience to those who think and act differently. Show kindness to those who might not deserve it in our eyes. Be good to one another. Faithful to, to plan the, and put the purposes of God and, and be gentle in our actions and words as we exhibit self-control when we might otherwise react with negativity and anger. And if you know your scriptures, I've just described the fruit of the Spirit. When we remember <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit, which is brought about through what? Drinking deeply of him. We can make our way through most things. Another quote I'm going to give you here from, from Brett. The tension of a diverse conglomeration. That's a great word, isn't it? Conglomeration. Love it. The tension of a diverse conglomeration of people coming together in Christ's name will often be combustible, but it's also at the heart of the gospel. Another quote from somebody else you might know, Charles Spurgeon. Anybody know Charles? Not personally. I've heard of him. He, quote, he says this, The church is faulty, but that's no excuse for you not joining it. If you are the Lord's. Nor need your own faults keep you back. For the church is not an institution for perfect people, but a sanctuary for sinners saved by grace, who, though they are saved, are sinners still. I need all the help they can derive from the sympathy and guidance of their fellow believers. The church is a nursery for God's weak children where they are nourished and grow strong. It is the fold for Christ's sheep, the home for Christ's family. Isn't that good? So rather than searching for a church uh, full of people who look, think, act and believe like us, I want to remind you again, once again, that church doesn't exist. And even if it did, it wouldn't be the church that we need. We need to embrace the tension, embrace the struggle of being part of a church community because it teaches us how to love others and to love God. Yeah. The church, by extension, obviously the local church, the big church by extension, small church, us, is made up of people, mostly, who have experienced something life-changing. That life-changing moment is repentance from sin. It's, it's that choice to turn away from, from all that isn't good for us and turn to who? Turn to Jesus. To the grace and forgiveness of Christ. That fills my heart with joy. And it should fill yours too. Because this binds us together. All of us. It binds us all together. With a bond that, that calls us to transcend every difference and dividing line 
a bond that, that should challenge us to give up our own preferences and actually to prefer others before ourselves for the comfort of the sake of our brothers and sisters. Now, this doesn't mean that all churches must look alike. It doesn't mean that all churches must worship alike. But as a people of the Spirit, we are all united as one. Now, while looking around uh, on the internet for examples of unity and togetherness, I discovered the phrase band of brothers was written by, or at the very least popularised by, William Shakespeare. Now, in his play, Henry V, uh, I, I know it's fine, King Henry inspires his soldiers with a, with a rousing speech about men coming together. And be united like a band of brothers. Now, I watched a clip starring Kenneth Branagh of that particular bit. And within a few moments, I was lost. Because I don't like William Shakespeare. And I'm an actor. I did acting. And we were told, you must love William Shakespeare. He's amazing. And I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's brilliant. But me, personally, I get lost. Okay? So I I decided to look for something else. (laughs) So I'm not going to show you that clip with Kenneth Branagh. Because I got lost. I'd like to show you uh, a clip from an entirely different movie that hopefully demonstrates unity. All right, that's it for today. We have a game tomorrow, so get some rest tonight. And remember, ties and jackets tomorrow. Clyde. Mr. Cruz. I'm impressed with what you've done, but you came up short. You owe me 80 suicides and 500 push-ups. Please leave my gym. Thanks, Clyde. Gentlemen, see you tomorrow. I'll do push-ups for him. You said we're a team. One person struggles and we all struggle. One player triumphs, we all triumph, right? I'll do some. I'll run suicides too. I do some too. You get the impression that the guy at the end doesn't really want to do it. <laughs> kind of peer pressure's come in there a little bit. That is from Coach Carter from 2005. Coach never, never saw it. I got that from a website called Wing Clips. There's a, um, a line that, is it Channing Tatum? 
Yeah? Ladies, Channing, hey? Um, he, says, he says it right at the beginning of that, near the beginning of that clip, we are a team. And remember I said weeks ago that, that a good definition of team is mates with a purpose. We are a team. One person struggles, we all struggle. One person triumphs, we all triumph. Wow, I think that's a great thing we can apply to the church. When you triumph, I triumph. When you're going through struggle, I'm going through struggle. I think that's amazing. Let's keep that. Take anything away. Take that line away. All right? Take that line away. We're a team. When one person struggles, we all struggle. When one person triumphs, we all triumph. Now, in this movie, they've got a love for the sport and the admiration of Coach Carter as their bonding agent. But as a church, we have the most important thing in common. Forgiveness of sins and our love for Jesus Christ. We got that in common? Because of the work God has done in our lives, we, we can embrace the uncomfortableness. And we can, we can live in a community with a, with, a, with a people whom we might not naturally connect. But this is so much more of a strength than a weakness. As people who are part of his church, I believe we've been placed together as residents of, of our community for such a time as this. We, we, we are stones being chiseled and smoothed and refined together. And, and it's painful. It, it's painful. But the house that the Spirit is building through us is a beautiful thing. I just want to give a little demonstration of something here. Pete and John, could you, you mind just putting this table into the middle? Try and drag this over here if I can. It won't be light. It won't be light. Stop. Push it forward a bit. Stop. Left it. No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Bless you. Bless you. We, we are not bricks. Now, if you look at this brick, it looks extremely similar to this brick. If I, if I turn around, is this a different brick? You know, I could grab any of these bricks and they look exactly the same, don't they? Made with the same process, through the same, same materials and what have you. And, and they're extremely useful, the bricks. They obviously build walls. You know, if we, if we put them together um, like, like this, they, they, they become quite a strong, a strong thing, don't they? And, and if we, we carried on going... We'd, we'd have, you know, a, a, a good wall and it'd be tough and you wouldn't be able to get through that, would you? It'd be quite a, a solid thing. But my goodness, how boring does it look? I don't know, you might be a brick lover. <laughs> but for the rest of us, normal people, it's quite, bo- <laughs> it's quite, it's quite boring, isn't it? That's a brick wall for crying out. It's like the phrase, it's like talking to a brick wall. No, because that will make it interesting. It's for the sake of this analogy. It's a boring brick wall with no, no graffiti. It's a good, solid. Not really. Doesn't really describe church, does it? Are we all the same? We all made from the same stuff. Do we all have the same experiences? Do we all think the same? Do we all like Star Trek? You weirdos. 
This is who we are. This is who we are. This is who we are. We are stones. We are all... I'm going to go for it. We're all different shapes. My voice went then. Isn't that heavy? We're all different shapes. But wow. Look at what can be created through us. I mean, just look at that picture on the, on the screen there behind me. You know, if, you, if you're a master craftsman, you know, knowing what you're doing, which I clearly don't, but if you knew what you were doing, you can still build a wall, can't you? You can still build something beautiful and wonderful. Uh, but the difference is... It looks amazing. Doesn't it? Thanks. Look at it. It, it would, Les would know what to do. It does. But this is the point. Okay, it should look like this, really. Look at this. What a beautiful thing that is. Is that boring? No. No, it's not. It's a stone wall. It's got no mortar. It's got nothing. But what it's got is bits that fit perfectly together to, to create strength and structure. There is somebody who is he's a good designer, a good, a good builder, who's got the talents and, and, and the knowledge to be able to put this wall together that will stand for centuries. There are stone walls that have been standing for centuries, strong and solid. Now, there are ways that this thing is built. You know, you, you have a bigger foundation, you have a big solid foundation, then you, you gradually get smaller as you go up. There there's, there's, tends to be rubble and stuff in the middle, uh, and then there's bricks that connect both sides to give it, give it strength together, or something like that. But the point is, it takes a, a, an amazing artisan, I think, such as Les, to, to put that together. And I want to suggest to you that that designer, that artisan who puts that together is the Holy Spirit, not that wall, us. He puts us together because we are different. We are wonderfully, and, and, and whatever the other word is, fantastically made. We are, we, we, we are different shapes and different textures, different sizes. Yet God, through his Holy Spirit, puts us together and creates an amazing thing. Now, as people, it take, like I said earlier, it takes bravery to, to stay in community with, with people who sometimes you might think differently about. But as I say to you, within the church community, unless it's, like, um, unless it's primary theology, like, for example, Jesus isn't the Son of God, th- then I think we can get on. You know, I think... There are a few other maybe primary theologies that we, we probably should agree on. But maybe, you know, it's a trinity, for example, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But everything else, we, we, we can talk about. We, we can discuss. But we don't have to fall out. We can work our way through it. And uh, that's the challenge. But, but if we're brave and if we're courageous, we can, we can stay united and stay together. And what an attractive thing that is to people looking in from the outside and going, I want to be a part of that. I want to add my stone to that wall. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry 
We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.